This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome, good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff, your live call-in show. Call in, we want to hear from you. Uh, some easy ways to do it. First way, the good old-fashioned phone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882, toll-free. Call us and join us. A better way is to join me live here on Google Hangouts. It's easy to do. You're just going to click on PetLifeRadio.com, go to Shows, and scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And if you scroll down on my page, you're going to see a box left by our producer, Mark, and it is going to have a Google Hangouts link. Click on the link, follow the prompts, and it's easy, and you can join me here live right away as we speak with your pet in hand about uh, whatever you want to talk about. Hopefully, if you have a pet that is lap size or just a pet that can sit next to you, and um, have him or her on with you. And uh, as I, I've been saying this for a while, get used to this type of communication because around the corner are going to be quite a few what we call telemedicine or telehealth opportunities for you to not have to jump in a car, not have to run to the doctor, not have to fight traffic, not have to sit in a waiting room. And uh, you can have your pets seen, and I put that in quotes, and uh, depending on the relationship with the person taking the call, i.e., if it's one of your own doctors, actually, in every state can diagnose and treat as well. As long as there is that relationship, we call it a VCPR, a veterinary client-patient relationship. So I know those of you who join me here every week on Pet Life Radio's Ask Best Dr. Jeff, you do know that I kind of like to peruse the news. And I'm also going to uh, talk about something. I want to talk about something today that's going to be a sort of a prelude. We're going to be discussing different holiday topics and um, of course, uh, we're going to get as we get a little closer, maybe closer to Thanksgiving, certainly Hanukkah and Christmas. We're going to give some caution, some warnings about some of the things we really need to keep our pets away from. But what one thing that I do want to, um, we're going to talk about today is something called pica, P-I-C-A, pica. So we'll get to that. And it's not, you know, if you remember those of us that were trained on old typewriters, can you remember those days? Well, remember there were two sets of types of keyboards and the printing based on the size of the printing, whether it was 12 or 10 characters per inch. And there was Elite and Pika. This is not that Pika. That's all I'll tell you. But uh, we'll talk about that. Anyway, so one story that came out, and this is so real, and I'm, I'm more sensitive about this now because I have to tell you that one of my new associates, who's a phenomenal guy, uh, his fiance, they met in vet school, is a veterinary dentist. So she actually finished her residency, sat for her boards, and she's now a, a board certified veterinary dentist. So, of course, when they, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is what they talk about when they're home are pets' teeth. So he's very, very aggressive with teeth, which is good. And this is uh, from the American Veterinary Don't ignore your pets' teeth. Uh, it says your dental, uh, basically, veterinary dental care, which is really good, can alleviate pain, and transform pets' lives. Now, I know about this firsthand only because as we started learning more and more about dentistry and oral hair and uh, what we can do at home to maintain that oral care, as we know, dogs don't always complain. So when a dog was seemed fine, but we would look at the mouth and it was horrendous, okay? So 
what we would do then is obviously discuss cleaning the teeth and we would take oral x-rays. We'd see some bad teeth. We'd pull them. And you know what's so interesting that we get after the fact is the client will call us and say, I don't believe it, but you gave me back a new dog. She hasn't been this active in years. And so we realize that as we're doing more and more dentistry, we're realizing that we do need to take a better care of our pet's teeth. So while we're talking about this, and we just have a caller. So hello, caller. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hi. This is John from, uh, caller from Holland, New York. Oh, I how are you doing? How are things in New York? Nice and cold? Um, let's see, 10 to 15 inches of snow we got. Oh, my God. One, <laughs> you know, it's funny. In one day? I, I'm here in California, but <laughs> I have to tell you that I'm a big snowboard idiot, and um, I got my first trip in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping, I'm nice, going to nice. Park City, I'm hoping we get that kind of snow. Oh, that's great. So what can I do for you? Okay, we have two dogs. One's a Shih Tzu. She's like 13. She's like, uh, I don't think she can see, and her hearing is shot. Okay. So she's on a verge of, you know, and then we have another one. She, he's like two years old. He's um, a cocker. My thing is, okay. I know animals like experience grief. So when it's time to put her down, should we bring him with? This is a really, really interesting question, and we talk about this often. And the, the answer is, and I hate to be evasive, there's no right answer. I would uh-huh. say that if they seem to have a really close bond, I will tell you what I've done in the past. I have had my pets around when we would put a pet to sleep. Of course, I have the luxury of doing it at home, and I do this for a many, many, many of my patients. I do house call euthanasias. I just found that okay. doing it at home sometimes gives them a little more comfort knowing that they're spending their last moments with us on this planet in their comfortable environment with the people they love around them, et cetera, don't have the, the stress of, of being in a vet's office. And it works out very well. And a lot of my clients really appreciate it. But and so I've always had the other animals around. Now, some I wouldn't force them to stay there. Sometimes they, they get, they sniff, they get up and they walk away. And that's totally fine. But um, it wouldn't okay. be a, a bad idea. And I will tell you, as far as the pets grieving is also something that's interesting. I would imagine that though your, your Shih Tzu is 13, she's blind, she's deaf, and you've had your cocker for two years, the Shih Tzu still may have been the dominant. Often when we do bring even a new dog, a puppy, into a home with a resident dog, despite yeah. size. I, I, I mean, I had Labradors and I had a little rat terrier, and the rat terrier was the first in the, you know, in the house, and she was the boss. And they could, you know, the big dog's going to stepped on her, and, uh, but she ruled the house. So I think that it's there's no right answer, wrong answer. If you think that their relationship was such that he would like to, be, and as I said, don't force him to be there, but let him sit there and, and see if he if he's there. But most likely he will recognize the loss when she's no longer there. How okay. he responds after that, we just don't know. They definitely know. All right, yeah, because I, I yeah I heard a podcast like last week about talking about um uh, an elephant was so close with uh, another one and that elephant had died. And an elephant that survived kind of, you know, just went into molting, couldn't eat, and finally laid down and passed away like a week later. First of all, elephants are known for that, by the way. They definitely have a bond. And let me just tell you, share a quick story for everybody out there. This is a story that blew my mind. We uh, have a large animal sanctuary out here. If you remember the actress Tippi Hendren, so Tippi from The Birds, for those of you who uh, I'm sure my producer knows exactly who I'm talking about. But uh, anyway, Tippi had a rescue. It's, it's a sanctuary called Shambhala out here in Acton, California. So anyway, they had an elephant, and it was a big bull male elephant. And um, they had heard there was an, an elephant. By the way, the, the elephant had been there for years and years. You know, elephants live a long time. And 
So they had heard there was a zoo that had to find a place for one of their female elephants. And they had the room at Shambhala. And they uh, decided that they would try to take the elephant. But they're very nervous because elephants can also be very, very territorial, very protective. And they had no idea what to expect when they introduced this female to this bull elephant. So anyway, they brought him there. He's chained up, tied up. She's tied up. They're trying to do a slow introduction. And all of a sudden, the two of them start vocalizing in such a way that they have never heard this type of vocalizing. And as they get closer, these elephants, their trunks are intertwining. They are all over each other. It was the weirdest things with these crazy, it was almost like a, a whine, a cry. And so PSA started doing some research and they found out that these elephants were from the same pod like 30 years before. And they were rescued, obviously separated. And, and went, one went to Shambhala, one went to the zoo, wherever it was. And they were reunited. And it was like years later. And yet, not only, I mean, they remembered each other, but the bond that they shared, it was so amazing. It was the, the people around, there were tears in their eyes just looking at these two. So, uh, you know, as I said, elephants definitely, definitely have this behavior. But I have seen the dogs. I'll tell you, when I had, I went to school, uh, my high school graduation present, my very own Labrador, his name was Thor. When Thor was about five, we got another lab. And so now I was in vet school and they both lived with us in vet school. And um, we had come down for the summer vacation and Thor died like two days before we were heading back up to Davis. So typically when my wife and I would drive up, we would have each have our own car. We, we would tandem. So we get there and Woody, the, the younger one, who is not uncommon for him because they know that he, they would drive in separate cars. We get out and he runs into the house and he is looking for Thor. And obviously Thor wasn't there. And um, he moped around for days. Now, they each had their own bed in our living room, and they would never, I mean, Woody would never sleep in Thor's bed, never. I mean, that was a no-no. And he went up to the bed, sniffed it, got on the bed, circling the bed, and started to cry. So it's hard to tell other dogs, I'll tell you stories, that if there's a dog that was the, if the alpha passes away, and the submissive one was, is the was survivor, all of a sudden that submissive one, who was the beta dog, you know, the one that was being picked on all the time, the one that had to subdue his personality because of alpha, and all of a sudden, they realize that he's not there. And all of a sudden, this submissive dog just becomes like a hero. And it's like he seems like he's thrilled. So it just varies. But there's, as I said, it's a great question. There's no right. There's no wrong. I believe your cocker will sense the loss of the Shih Tzu. And, um, but how he'll react, we just don't know. So, uh, but okay. uh, if there is someone around, I, I don't know if you've even thought about it. I don't know if it's offered in your area, but house call euthanasia is, uh, it's, it's really something. It really is. So okay. you, might, you might think. Yeah, my son, uh, I called you a few years ago. My son is right now, he's a senior in Madai. He's a licensed vet tech now. And oh, he's already applied to, uh, I guess, two or three colleges so far. Kent and, um, what is it, Ohio University State? State? For, for vet something? school or for and, uh, Cornell. But oh, he's Cornell, still great. Cornell is a great school. He's kind of getting the He's always a battle. He's always a battle between Cornell and Davis. Uh, Davis is number yeah. one again. It was when I was there, but then Cornell took over for a number of years. And so now Davis yeah, is number Ohio, one. Cornell Ohio is number two. State. You can't go wrong. Ohio State, Cornell, Colorado State, uh, North Carolina State, Penn. If you can pretty much get into any vet school, you're going to be fine because there are so few and they are so tough to get into. Yeah, because I know you said it took you like seven times to get in, and he's getting so impatient because he hasn't heard anything back from these schools yet. 
Yeah, just have them, have them wait. You know, it's funny. It took me four. You're, you have a really good memory. And my, the reason that I kept going was because one of the vets that I worked for applied five times. And when I told him I had gotten rejected again after my third application, he basically said, and I was told, I will not ever get into vet school. He yes, told me, I remember you said screw that. him. <laughs> you yeah, reapply. You, and I did. And yeah, I got in on my fourth. So, uh, yeah. No, it's, I agree. It's, he goes it's to school full time and he's got two jobs. Good for him. That's great. Well, anyway, thank you for the call. Okay, I'm sorry yeah. to hear about your CTO. I am dealing with a two 13-year-old dogs here at home. I have I had four, but my uh, one is my little old French bulldog that I delivered C-section 13 years ago, 13 and a half years ago. And the other one is my Labradoodle, who's amazingly over 13. He's almost 13 and a half. So um, I know exactly what you're going through. Hang in there. And uh, you know I'm sure that your cocker, you'll probably end up getting another dog because I'm sure you've already seen no. the benefits no. of, of having more than one. So, all <laughs> no. right. Anyway, good luck to your son. And uh, thanks for calling yeah. in. Take okay. care. Okay. Happy snowboarding. Thank you. Hi. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. So um, next is uh, leptospirosis, everyone, is on the rise. Lepto is carried by rodents. It's a bacterial infection. And um, usually we, we see it wherever there are mountain streams and, and ponds. And it's definitely what I call a lifestyle vaccine. When it can be, there is a vaccine for it. So what I want you to do is make sure to check with your veterinarian if lepto is prevalent. It causes kidney disease, liver disease. It could be deadly. So make sure that if it is prevalent in your area that you uh, take the necessary precaution. Uh, next up, New Jersey. Love to hear this. They have banned a dog breeder for irresponsible breeding practices. She can no longer own or sell animals. And um, they raided her facility and puppies were in horrendous conditions. A couple of puppies died even after treatments. So um, that's something there. I, I love to hear that when states are stepping up to the plate and doing the right thing. Also, Veterinarians are seeing, like a lepto case, uh, valley fever. Valley fever is a fungus. It's coccidia mycosis, um, and it is, we find it in very dry areas. So you see it in the southwest, and uh, like desert areas, Arizona gets it, New Mexico gets it, Texas will get it. So what's important is to know that when winds pick up, the fungal spores, all right, are blowing, and they get inhaled and they can cause some severe diseases. You'll get lung diseases, obviously, from inhaling the spores. So you'll hear coughing, weight loss, lethargy, limping. So if you live in an area where you where there are these, well, valley fever for one, but any kind of fungal diseases, fungal spores, and then by the way, just so you know, fungal infections are very, very tough to treat. I mean, very difficult and long-term. You know, it's not like a, a bacterial infection where you can treat for 10 to 14 days. We're talking months of treatment. So the prognosis is always very guarded. So be really careful. Uh, this is also interesting. It's, I don't know where you stand uh, with this one, but the state of Florida has now voters approved. It's a constitutional amendment that they are going to phase out Greyhound racing by December 31st, 2020. There will be no longer be Greyhound racing in the state of Florida. And I mean, already, just and be prepared, by the way, because there are so many Greyhound rescue organizations, because after they had their two years or three years on the track, they're like discarded. It's, it's terrible. So there's some great Greyhound rescues out there. I remember my aunt got a Greyhound rescue. She lived in Florida, in Miami, and they had a phenomenal, fantastic Greyhound there. Great pets. And don't think, just so you know. Greyhounds, you would think, oh my God, this is a running dog. It made, it, it, it made its life running, racing, and I can't have it in my apartment. Oh, yes, you can, because they are really couch potatoes. As long as you give them the opportunity on a walk to go to the park to run, 
They are not going to run. They love just chilling, sitting on a couch. They're really fantastic, fantastic dogs. Um, lastly, before a break, I want to talk about this one. This is also good. This a gene therapy to reduce pain and inflammation and dogs with osteoarthritis. And it's, it's experimental gene treatment based on interleukin 10, it's called interleukin 10. And remember, these interleukins are a group of mediators. Uh, we talked about allergies and how Apical works. It's, it suppresses interleukin 31, IL-31. Well, this is interleukin 10, and it can reduce, interestingly, what they're hoping to go with this. If the early results can stand and they actually get more, that ultimately they think that this uh, interleukin 10 therapy could reduce the need for joint replacements in people. So that's really cool. So um, the research is being done now at the University of Colorado in Boulder. And um, I think that's really, really great stuff. And just think, you know, there's so many advancements going on all the time. So when we come back, we are going to talk about pica and uh, just a case that I have with Louie and his pica, what it means, what you can do, and uh, why you need to do something about it. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome. We are back here. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. We're Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And we're going to talk about Pika. So I get a call um, last week from a cousin. And uh, his good friend has a dog who was taken to an emergency because she was sure he ate a rock. A rock, I say. Now, you talk about a, a rock. He says, not only was it a rock, it was a big rock. And I'm thinking, how the heck would a dog eat a rock? He's a big dog. Name is Louie. So uh, anyway, you realize that some dogs will eat inanimate objects. And again, with holidays coming along, and you know, they're going to be not only things like food stuff, but there's going to be boxes and decorations. And you'd be amazed that some dogs like to eat anything, anything. So sure enough, they had taken to the emergency. The emergency wanted to spend, I, I, it was going to cost them zillions of dollars to take this thing out. So they sent me the x-rays. Sure enough, there's a, there's a rock in the intestine. And I'm, I'm not talking pebble. I'm talking rock. 
So it's kind of coursing through and it's been moving through and we give the dog some fluids and see how far, if we're lucky enough. I mean, the truth is there's an outflow tract of the stomach called the pylorus and it's pretty narrow. So my thought is there are a couple of spots that are just difficult for things to pass. One is the pylorus. Well, I already got through that one. So maybe, maybe, well, just maybe we'll get, we'll keep going. And then well, the next one is the ileocecal junction. And that's a, a, also a very narrow spot. There's a, an area called the cecum which is sort of vestige. It it really doesn't serve much of a purpose now, but it's an area where things can kind of get lodged again. So we were worried about that. And then usually, usually once it gets into the colon, we're pretty safe. So PS, we're watching this thing and it's stuck. It's there. And interestingly, the dog was not vomiting, which is so bizarre. Usually they vomit, but uh, no poop, of course, because nothing else can get through and it wasn't eating. Probably, which is why it wasn't vomiting, but usually even, even when not eating, they're going to be enough gastric secretion and no place for it to go. They will spit up that yellow bile. I'm sure you've had dogs in the past that have thrown up that yellow bile. So sure enough, it's time to explore. So we anesthetize Louie and uh, go in and we will call, we, we run the bowels. We check the stomach first. We run the loop, the bowel, make sure everything's okay. And sure enough, at we get to the ileocecolic junction. What do I, I feel? a huge rock right there in the junction. So we have to remove it. So I kind of squeeze it into part of the cecum, which is, again, it's a, a vestige that doesn't really serve much of a purpose anymore. Anyway, so we do that. I'm able to, and it's very easy because the tissue there is very thin. So we remove this rock, which of course I save for the owner because she wa- I wanted to see what a very expensive rock looked and felt like. Um, unfortunately, not the expensive rock that you could put on your hand and wear as a, as a ring. But it wasn't that expensive, but it was pretty expensive at the, at the end of the day. So I, was, I did a little video of my Instagram. You can, if you want to go see it, you can see, you can see Louie. Louie's really cute. You go onto my Instagram and at Dr. Jeff Werber, and you can see me there. One of my little video shorts is there with Louie, and we're talking about the rock. And, and uh, as I'm holding this rock, Louis on this table in front of me, and I'm holding it up, and I and I I tap the table with the rock so you can see we're talking a hard rock. I mean, it blows my mind that any dog would swallow something this large and would do it again because as I'm talking about it, he's standing there and he's like looking like he wants to take it from my hand, like he wants to eat it again. Are you nuts, Louis? I mean, I mean, come on, really. Anyway, Louis doing great. The the postscript is Louis doing fantastic. But here's the problem, Louis. Given the opportunity, would do it again. And dogs that exhibit this pica, this strange behavior, eating weird, really weird stuff, whatever the need is, and we don't know exactly why they do it. I mean, there's some dogs that you can offer them a treat and offer them something as dumb as a rock and they'll go after the rock. So it's very important to make sure if you have a dog that suffers from this weird behavior, that you take all the precautions. Do not allow them, give them the opportunity to eat these things because in this case, he got lucky. It didn't perforate the bowel. We were able to remove it. But if it was a sharp object, the results, the outcome could be devastating. So know your dogs, know what they like to eat. Cats do it too, by the way. We know that cats like string. That's a pica. Why would they eat string? I mean, what's the benefit of eating string? And yet they do it all the time. They'll get into the garbage cans. They'll eat dental floss and it wraps around their intestine. It causes what we call a string foreign body, major surgery. And oftentimes you have to do some resection because some of the bowel gets destroyed because of it. So all of these things are very, very sad. My fear is that here we are as we're approaching holiday time, there might be a lot more opportunity for dogs to eat things that A, they shouldn't, but B, that you're even amazed that they even want to, but they do. 
So with that in mind, start keeping safe, keep an eye on your dogs, especially young dogs. It's more, you'll see this of clearly more in, in younger dogs, puppies that they, they'll pick anything. It's like, you know, it's like when you give the kid, right? You have this little young child and they get a gift and they're more intrigued by the box than what's inside of it. So they'll open it, put the, the toy away, they get whatever it is, and they want to play with the box. That's kind of a dog with pica, that they're more intrigued by something that is the dumbest thing in the world. You think, why would they want to eat that? And yet they do. So keep your pet safe. We're going to talk more as we get closer to the holidays. We are going to cover a lot of foodstuffs, a lot of warnings of how to handle your pets when you have all this company, people coming over. Uh, you know, it's a time of year that, that sometimes... Most of our pets can handle it, but many don't. So uh, we need to talk about those things as well. If you want anything else on the plate, pardon the pun, of something we can talk about here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, send me a note. You can get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can join us live on our show as we just had a great caller. And um, we'll try to help you through whatever you need help with when it comes to your pets. Have a great week, everybody. And we will be here next week, same time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.